Yeah, so this is our first podcast, Cooper Life Podcast. Thank you for checking us out. We're here with um, our, our, our Chaz Rogers business development stud out of our San Diego market. Um, and like I said, this is our first podcast, so um, I hope your expectations aren't unrealistic. <laughs> um, yeah, make sure they're, they're lower. So. <laughs> Yeah, like I said, Chaz is our business development guy, uh, San Diego Market, and he's already kind of told us a little bit about his background, but keep going. What else? So when I got started um, in fitness, I was in the Navy at the time. But prior to that, you know, I was an athlete from, you know, grade school, middle school, high school. Uh, my primary sport was, was track and field, and I played basketball. Did you run? I ran, mostly I ran middle distance and sprint. So I was, uh, you know, 200, 400 yeah. guy. I had good power, but not the overall top speed yeah. to be to run 100 to 200, especially when I got to high school, because back when I was in high school, the football players ran all the power sprints. Yeah. So I got relegated to middle distance, 400 meter, 800 meter, and uh, long jump. Yeah, was, what was, was your best there? I, you know what, honestly, I got pretty decent at the 400. You did? Yeah, I got decent at the 400, um, and I learned some light. Is that two laps? No, 400 is just one lap. That's... One so power that, lap. And that's if you gnarly, can, that's if, like... If you can run a sub-60 second lap, you're in good company. Wow. I was able to do that fairly consistently. Consistently. Um, but it's 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 a big strategy because basically it's four one hundred meter. I know, so you're not one hundred percent the whole <laughs> yeah, way. It, it is one hundred percent. I know it is one hundred percent the whole it way, is, but it's yeah. not one hundred percent as one hundred percent would be if you were running a fifty. So right? my, my track and field hero, um, still to this day, is a gentleman named Edwin Moses, and Edwin Moses was um, hailed from Ohio, and I believe specifically he was from the Dayton area where I grew up and went to high school and. Um, so I kind of modeled my track and field, you know, career after what he had done. He was probably one of the, I think he's still one of the only guys, I think he still holds the record, who went undefeated in the, um, it was the 110 hurdles or something like that. Like he almost was never beaten. He wow. just had a, a, a drive. And from what I remember now, he works for Laurier Sports and he's been an ambassador for, um, for track and field for, for a very long time. But he was kind of a track and field hero of mine from the city of Dayton. The stadium that I ran a lot of my track meets in where I went to high school is actually Edwin C. Moser Stadium. So it was kind of cool. Yeah. Kind of cool. Uh, very nostalgic. But what was cool about that was I always had coaches that worked on technique with me constantly. Um, I, my middle distance coach and my sprint coach and my jump coach were all about the technique. He said, the success from the technique will get you a victory. Bad technique will definitely have you lose. Skills, skills, skills. So skill, so they just hammered skill set, skill set, yeah. skill set. And then from that, whatever then we you did. you can pack on power and muscle and all that, Yeah, you can, but back then it was different. the skills first. But back then it was different. Back then it was like putting the work in, the workload in. So the specific schedule, the yeah. paradigm, right? It's still like that. Dude, Newport Harbor water polo players, yeah. well, Newport Harbor swim, mm -hmm. like they're just thousands and thousands and thousands, six, seven thousand yards. The periodization practice. model, before I even knew what periodization was, before I went to school for personal training or any of that, really came down to what these coaches used to share with us back in my little Catholic high school in Dayton, Ohio, which is still 
a pretty decent powerhouse t still to this day yeah. was they put you put the work in mm -hmm. you build the foundation and then from that foundation all the success mm -hmm. that you want to get from the specific event that you were that you're running or competing in you get so for me um you know i was a skinny little kid yeah you know i think i got to 150 pounds soaking wet you know even by the time i was a sophomore in high school i was never a big kid but what i did have for me genetically was i was extremely explosive mm -hmm. so i was able to grab the basketball run by the time i was in fourth or fifth grade yeah don't know how i got that i'm not sure where it came from i just wow. know i could do it and it was because i think it was from watching others do it and saying i want to do that because it was like a big deal and mom and dad giving you the genetics my father was an extremely good athlete he was a uh, uh, one of the top high school football players in the state of georgia yeah. uh, in his day uh, he skipped over college and went straight to the semi pros and played for a couple practice squads in the nfl uh, when i was a kid um, so he was that good um, it's not unheard of for a non-collegiate athlete to make it in the NFL, but the track is much harder. Mm -hmm. But he was a really good running back, mm -hmm. really good, uh, out of Columbus, Georgia. So some of my genetics came from that. I have some cousins that have been professional athletes at the highest level, NBA, NFL, and Major League Baseball. Um, I've got some others that play, you know, college sports and all that, especially yeah, my father's yeah, side. So it's in the genes. It's in the genes. Um, so when I got into fitness, um, it was it was kind of a, I don't know, it was like a fluke, an accident, or it just kept pulling me that way. So there wasn't a time in your life where you're like, I want to get into fitness. It just kind of, the, the doors and paths just kind of led that way. The That's a great question. I'll tell you what happened. I had a buddy of mine back in, back home in Dayton. There was a, there was a club. Um, Back, they used to call they used to call they used to call them health clubs back then yeah. in the 80s. There was a health club that he was teaching aerobics in, <laughs> aerobics because that was yeah. it. <laughs> and I'll never forget it because um, you know this guy would go into the classroom. I was there working out on the fix all the fixed machines right back then, right? On the Nautilus machines they call them. And we're working out, and he's teaching this class, and all these people are there having a good time, having fun, you know. And most of them were ladies. I'm like, all right, this is cool. And I'm like, you know, I think I'm. 17 or 18 years old at the time. And um, I wanted a place to go work out and in between my training sessions. So I go in and he's doing, he's doing the class and I'm kind of hanging out the back and I'm watching this going, this looks like fun. Fast forward to um, my time in the Navy. Uh, there was another buddy of mine who was teaching aerobics. Now fitness had kind of evolved a little bit. It wasn't just jazz size. It wasn't just high impact, low impact aerobics. But he was teaching a class at uh, this place that doesn't exist anymore at the Naval Station, uh, Barbers Point. Same deal. So we're on dry dock leave, we're on break, and I'm going to work out. And I get in there, he's teaching the class. He says, Come on in, I kind of hang out, join the class. But I still don't want to do anything teaching wise, I'm just hanging out. He says, You know, you're really good at this. I said, Really good at what I'm just working. I said, No, 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 no. You're really good. Yeah. I said, I, He said, I think you should like come co teach with me. I'm like, well, Okay. Right, it's that voice. I don't know what it was. I just, I just thought it was a lot of fun. So I'm like, all right, cool. I got time. So the closed gym experience um, was interesting because I'm still, I had one foot still with the Navy and one foot in the civilian world. Yeah, that's kind of how it started. So um, in 1992, our commander chief was President Clinton, and he did this big rollout. Uh, they wanted to reduce uh, the forces. 
all across, so Army, Navy, Marine Corps, I even think the Coast Guard, everybody, they were reducing our force, all of us. And we got offers. Um, I just finished a tour in, in Louisiana for about six months, um, and I had a decision to make. Do I stay for four more years, which would be a total of eight active, now I gotta stay 20 to get retirement, because that's kind of how it works, that's how the military mind thinks. Yeah. Or do I pursue a career outside the military and do I have prospects? And one of the prospects obviously was, was fitness. Yeah. And so I I just went for it. I made a choice. I said, yep, I'm gonna do it. Um, I got an honorable discharge. I already had a full-time job uh, with MWR and I also was coaching for Gold's Gym at the time. I opened up one of their Awesome, most awesome facilities on Kalakaua Avenue, I'll never forget it, Mahalo. Because it was literally right across from the beach. Yeah. We shot the original commercials for Gold's Gym, uh, Honolulu, this was Gold's Gym 2, it's their second location. It's an awesome experience. Uh, it was a smaller kind of boutique studio kind of gym. And I started really diving into more, not just teaching classes, but personal training. Now back then, if you remember, Personal training was taught by who? The big bodybuilder guys. Yeah. Those are the, those are the guys. Yeah. They were kind of, they ran the industry, they, they built it out, and most, of them, and most of the time they were just kind of partner training with the guys they were already working out with. But Golds um, had a program called Nutrition Analysis, and it was the number one nutrition and fitness program combined in the industry that I'm aware of, other than probably some corporate fitness stuff. So, started learning that, had a guy, uh, who was a mentor of mine early in my career, a guy named Dick Ching, who actually was a former, um, like Mr. Polynesian or something like that, bodybuilder, who had started a clothing line. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you remember these clothes back in the old days, T. Michael, Hard Body, all these different, you know, yeah. it was all this fitness clothing. So he had a shop inside of Gold's Gym. And I went to work for him as one of the sales guys. Yeah. It was like one of my first official sales gigs in fitness. And I got like a two and a half percent commission, it was nothing, right? But what I got from that was this. He had written a book about how to make about $50,000 a year as a personal trainer. Mm -hmm. Not as an attorney, not as a doctor, mm -hmm. out of any, as a personal trainer. I was like, what? Are you serious? He says, Dude, you got in this game like in the, in the at, beginning, at, the very at beginning. its infancy. And so I was like, okay. So I took him at his word and I studied like a madman. For this, I you know I left college after my second year. I was studying business in college, so I figured, well, if I can create this business, yeah. cool. So he mentored me, he coached me. I learned everything about the game. I learned everything about how to train people. And again, this was before people really got into like anatomy and kinesiology and all that. It was right. just all about the movement, yeah. right? And I learned that stuff. And with yeah. my fitness background from track and field and basketball. Yeah. And with my aerobic teaching background, I combined those two disciplines with this personal training thing. Now, I didn't really get into it until I left Hawaii, but I was learning it at the time. You know, so the, the private training thing, the one-on-one -on -one thing. Yeah. So by the time I got to California, um, I had a full-time offer in hospitality fitness from the Hilton Hotels. And the reason I got the job offer is because I'm just hanging out one day and I'm looking for, um, this is a great story, the, the hotel that I was supposed to stay in didn't have my room ready. And I had a training session because I was very disciplined. I had a training session at like three or four o'clock that I had to do for myself that my coach had given me. And you know, this was before cell phones, right? 
so you he wrote my schedule down and I was just following him like you know okay so I they say well I think the hotel across the street might have a room for you you know because they're not as busy this is Anaheim this is Anaheim all right fine so I walk over there at the time the lady, the, the lady I was dating she was with me we go over there we check in they give us a room and I said okay so I need a fitness center or something or a health club nearby and he says oh well we have one downstairs so, what because back then we're talking yeah you know this is 92 93 90s, right. they didn't exist right. right okay so i go down there and I, I i thought i walked into heaven i kid you not i yeah. thought i walked into heaven i walked in there and laid the front. hi how are you it's like there's a front desk and it's now remember i just left gold's gym hawaii which was like the largest yeah. you know fitness center that far on the west coast yeah this place was pretty nice in a hotel yeah Cool. So I go there. They got an indoor pool. Yeah. They've got an aerobics room in the front, yeah. and they've got a full aerobics uh, room in the back. And they've got uh, you know all the weights and everything. Like, this this is crazy. Yeah. So the director's there. I'm working out in the room. I'm going through my routine. I'm training. I'm, I'm going. I'm working hard, and I'm being watched. I know this. And the director saw me and kept asking like the staff, "Who's that?" Yeah. We don't know. He's a guest here. <laughs> so she approaches me. <clears throat> I'm about three days from leaving. I, I've got to go to somewhere in San Diego to compete, actually, for a qualifier. Yeah. I win the qualifier, which was huge, which qualified me for nationals. Yeah. And I'm about to head back. Yeah. And she said, well, if you stay a few days, I'd like to offer you a job. This lady did not know me. She just saw me working out. Based on your training <laughs> and your energy and your voice. That was it. I'm sure your voice said something. I don't know. So I, that's what happened. So I'm very grateful and so you took it. to this day. Of course I took the offer. Yeah. But here's the flip side. So of that. 92. This was about 92, 93, yes. Wow. Yeah. So I take the offer and I get I get every um, all my affairs in order as they say. Back in Hawaii, I tell my people I'm leaving, they're sad, and like that. And I get to California to test it. Yeah. Find an apartment, whole deal. And guess what? They delayed my offer. For about six months, yeah. so I did not have a job yet, and I had after to, you had moved. After I moved, so I had to scramble, and so a lot of my experience, and I and I and I, I'm grateful for that in some way because I think had I just gone in and started working, yeah, that might might have been my only path, yeah. Um, so it gave me an opportunity to go out and really start. Hustling. Hustling, you, looking for jobs. Probably grew I had to go sleep. look for jobs. I really did. I had to go yeah. look for work. And I've worked with racquetball worlds back in the day. I've worked at Los Caballeros here in yeah. Orange County. Back yeah. in the day, it was one of the first tennis club. big multi-tennis clubs, swimming. They had yeah. it all, right? Yeah. Racquetball, I mean, squash, all of it. Yeah. But in so doing that, I found the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Okay. And back when the National Academy of Sports Medicine was around, they had a full, I think, immersion of six or seven days straight of nothing but training on how to be a personal trainer. Mm. Not how to become a personal trainer, but how to be a tactician on the gym floor, programming, anatomy, kinesiology, every single piece of equipment that was in the, on the gym floor could be on the gym floor. They taught us how to use it, how to work it, how to work around it, how to make modifications, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that was huge for me, huge. It changed my career. Because what it showed me was, okay, so now I've got this teaching experience, I've got this military background, and now I've got this platform. And from that, that allowed me to really build my confidence where I can say, okay, I, now I can become a trainer. 
And then those cameras gave me, I think they were, I think that was my first actual real personal training job. Yeah. Was with them in 1994. When did you ever get hired? Did, did, did that six months? So you're ready for this. That's this is going to be good. So it was, now it's about nine months into my start with um, Los Caballeros. I'm teaching all over the place. Words getting out. And then Elton calls you. That I'm one of the top instructors right. in North Carolina at the time. And they reached back out to me. They, they offered me a full-time job. I became the assistant. Um, I became the lead personal trainer for Hotel Hotels. Yeah. Uh, it was awesome. And this was their Anaheim property. So it was a big property. Yeah. And every time I go back, I was just there not too long ago. It just it brings back a nice nostalgic memory about the opportunity that was offered to me. Yeah. The director had been there; she'd been there; she just retired. She'd been there thirty years, so they saw me grow yeah. uh, through that. So it was good. So that's how I kind of got into it. It just cool. fitness became something I by accident that I fell into, and it was it's just it's part of who I am. Yeah, there's no other so way. So ninety two. Yeah. Uh, it's 2019, uh, fitness, 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 fitness. We hooked up two years ago, a year and a half ago. Almost two years ago now, yeah. <clears throat> um, and I just threw real, real estate in your lap. You did. <laughs> <laughs> right? You did. Let's marry yeah. <laughs> fitness and real estate and technology. So how, how is the real estate industry um, and that culture, how, how, is it, how is it different than the fitness industry? So the one thing I've learned um, from someone, from two people, yourself, and then um, another one of my, we consider him a mentor. Uh, you've actually met him, uh, name, um, uh, last name is Carter. This guy's been doing that for a very long time. He actually was, had been a personal training client of mine yeah. back in the day. And, uh, you know, just a really smart guy. He literally said, you know, our industry is based on a, a myriad of different factors, which I was unaware of when I got into the real estate side of this. Um, you know, I came at it from the fitness business entrepreneurial side, which was great, but that's not enough in the industry uh, when you're dealing with, you know, property management and ownership. Now, I've worked with some high net worth individuals, but they were single individuals who made the decisions. And what I've found in our industry, in real estate, especially when it comes to the social fitness, you don't always get to the decider. You may go, you may work two or three tiers below that, and then you'll get to the decider. So that's something I've had. Or you may never. Or you may never get to the decider. Exactly. Right. Or you may never. Right. So that I'm learning. I mean, I've, I've worked, I've been fortunate enough because I've kind of been my own guide when it comes to how my business has grown off and all over the years through my kids fitness programming but this is a different animal yeah um, it, it's it's the learning curve is steep but i think i'm catching up but there's also parts of it that i realized that there are outside interests not just the singular interest of the person that we're sitting in front of at the time in these meetings but there are outside interests that we learned in one of our big meetings as you recall that we're not aware of until we're told. Mm -hmm. And so we go in, I went in, sometimes I've gone to some of these meetings, some of these prospects, we in real estate and go, oh, we're gonna get this deal, <laughs> you know me. And then find out, yeah, yeah we're gonna get it, but yeah. not quite, or not so, you know, as uh, the uh, Lee Corso, yeah. the uh, ESPN uh, uh, football analyst, yeah. love this guy, not so fast, my friend. Yeah. Uh, and my problem is because I was a track athlete, you know, 
speed yeah. wins. Yeah. Um, but slow and steady in this game wins yeah. the race is what I'm learning. Totally. Long sales cycles, yeah. diligence, persistence. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. so I think the difference, I, I, I like the fact that there's tech. Yeah. So the app and the communication in the back of the house and the front. Yeah. I think the appeal of fitness as a way to build a relationship or a rapport with management and with ownership, especially for the people they serve. Because at the end of the day, they're serving the residents, mm -hmm. but they also serve themselves. The money making industry, yep. they need to make In, a profit. Income producing. It has thing. to be income producing. And if it's not, additional things that don't technically create that, yep. they have no interest in. Yep. Now, if it creates it right out of the gate and yep. we can keep their cost, relatively manageable yeah. in their eyes, and that's yeah. something else I'm learning, it has to be in their eyes, can't be from our side. Right. It works. Mm -hmm. It's sort of, I relate it to the personal training client who says, well, I only really want to work out for a couple of weeks. Yeah. You got to turn them down. Right. You can't get anything done in a couple of yeah. weeks. You can start a process, but that's really just a conversation. So I've learned that. Um, so I like the fact that it is challenging, but also, I feel like we make a difference as a service because once management and ownership really sees exactly what they say they want, and we find a way for that to work for them as an amenity and a service to them, they start going, okay, this makes sense. People are excited about this, um, you know, and that, they, I forgot what the exact percentage is, but the leases that they lose every year, some of those people, let's say if it's 30% loss every year, 15% of those people are not going to leave because they really enjoy where they're living because they're getting these services. And it's sort of like fitness. I mean, what is what is it about attrition and retention? If I can retain a fitness member in my in my facility, yeah. what does that retention look like? It's, the same, yeah. it's basically the same. Right. But in this, I think it's one factor. It's not the only factor. That's what I'm learning about real estate. Yeah. There's, there's many other factors. Many other. Like if the AC units go out. Right. Your amenities out the door. Yeah. yeah, it's great. We love you, but hey, look, I, I got to fix these ACs yeah. in fifty units. Yeah. yeah, so that's part of what I'm learning yeah. and having to really digest is as, as as passionate as we can be about what we're offering. Yeah, uh, the decision maker, it's not even about passion for them. Mm -hmm. It's about the bottom line. Yeah, honestly, it's really about that bottom line. As much yeah. as they think it could work with them, so yeah. that's kind of what I've learned so far. Yeah, I know. I'm still waiting for the. Uh, the owner or the group of owners that that, that are like visionaries yeah. that just want that they're like this yeah. is going to be expensive but i don't care because no one is doing it and we are going to do this yeah. bigger and better than the people that when they start doing it they're still going to be light years behind they're going to be behind but i'm telling you so what do you what do you wish you had known about the industry um, when things. you started out? Two the, 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 like the Cooper Life, well, where Cooper Life fits in the real estate. Well, it's two things. The first thing it, it, it's I was thinking about that, um, you know, upon reflection a couple weeks back. So I think there's there's two things. The first thing for me as a novice in this industry is. I'm gonna promise. 
Under promise. Under promise. Because there are other factors, even in the even in the face-to-face meetings that we are, at least for me, I was completely unaware of. Yeah. That could derail um, what I used to think back in the old days and I worked for myself completely. If I was closing a deal, I knew the deal was closed. Yeah. And what I've learned in this game is the deal is not always closed. Yeah. You know, the deal could be taken from yeah. you in six hours. Yeah. Prior to signing, it could do because something yeah. else could happen the night before. Right. That's something. And even when it's papered. Sure. Like. Yeah. A thirty day out. Right. 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 Um. I haven't found an owner that would paper a deal without a thirty day out. Right. And I understand the perspective. Like of we we sign a contract for a year. Well, if we stop servicing them, like they need an out, right? right. If we're not delivering what. Yeah, and that, so that's something that um, I've had to get used to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as far as, you know, it, it goes back to the conversation we had a couple months back. You know, both of us, I'm sure, I've been yeah. hired and fired a lot. <laughs> yeah. But then I thought about it, you know, listen, man, attorneys get hired and fired all the time. Yeah. I don't know if they see it that way. I think right. they see it as this is a client, this is the duration of the term, yes. and when it's over, it's over. But if, if we can't meet the need or the case doesn't go their way, yeah, the client has to move on, and you as a provider, service provider, has to move on. Yeah. So that's something I get the stomach for and you figure it out, you know. I, I love that you, you can just like candidly say I've been hired and fired a lot. Yeah, because it's true. I know. <laughs> people don't just say I've been fired a lot, right? Like people just you can people you can sure it. I've they been want. terminated. I've been yeah, dismissed. <laughs> but like it didn't work yeah, out. I think it, I think it's so important to like to take responsibility, be honest and upfront. And yeah, I've been fired a lot. Um, and I know you. I've worked with you long enough to mm-hmm. know when um, things don't necessarily go your way or our way. Right. Like you're the first to like. What happened? How do we do better? How do we do better? You know? How do we do better? Because yeah. I, as a, as a personal trainer, I went through this experience a lot. Um, you know, I, I signed some big deals, and if you remember, if you go back to in this very town in Orange County, if you go back to oh six oh seven, that was not a good time frame for us, especially in the service industry. A lot of us lost a lot of our market share when that big economic downturn happened and it hurt a lot of the service, a lot of service providers, a lot of my service provider friends in physical therapy, um, in chiropractic, in fitness training. Um, and especially like yeah. personal training, that's a, that is a, a luxury, like it's everybody's going to cut the luxury. You're done. Yeah. And so, Landscaper so, cut. Done. Personal done. I'll cut my own grass. Yeah. 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 And so that's what I mean by that when I say to people, you know, um, that I've been hired and I've been fired a lot is because in our game, that's that's the nature of the beast. And I, you know, sometimes you can internalize that stuff. Sometimes you just have to like brush it off and keep moving. Yeah. And I think that it's not that it doesn't that you don't have the sensitivity to it that one would have from feeling like you disappointed someone in some respects. Because sometimes that's what it feels like. But that's business. Mm-hmm. That's business. That's business. Uh, you know, when a customer stops going to a store or restaurant after they've been going there for, you know, five, sometimes 10 years, it's not that the food got me, it doesn't taste the same, it's that things change, their palate changes. 
something happened. Can't afford it. Yeah. You know? Uh, so that's something I learned in that. The second thing I think that I've that I've gained from these experiences have been that we can do our best once we're inside and you know, you said this not too long ago, provide a service and then be a ghost. If they don't have to think about it, that means we're doing a great job. Yeah. yeah. If they feel like if they feel like that they have to put more into it yeah. than what we offer, then we might have a challenge. Yeah. And I think in multifamily that's something I'm learning. Yeah. The, the easier we the, the easiest way for us, I think, to be successful is to be exactly what they need without them even knowing it. Once the deal is signed, we just do our thing and we are ghosts. And if there's an issue, people show up to our classes. People show up. They people have show up to our events, and that's it. And and management gets the emails. Yep, that's and it. And they don't have to do it. I mean, they've got they're managing the property. Right. They don't that's need it. Else. This is not something we don't need to make their work. We don't need to hand them a shovel and say, "Hey, we need a little help with this." Right. They don't want a shovel. No. They don't even want a break. No. They don't want a whistle. Nothing. They don't even want a microphone to delegate. Nothing. They, Absolutely right. right. So that that's that was the second point I picked up uh, from, the last, from the last few contracts that we had. So I think, and, and I've gotten, I've learned, and it's good. It's great. And I think it was it was a, it's a good lesson, and it's also we're the future mm-hmm. as far as the services go. We know it. I think that some of these owners that we've spoken with, management groups, they know it. They have to figure out, excuse me, how to pencil it. Mm-hmm where it truly makes good sense for them. Yeah. Not just about what, what they give the residents, because they give the residents a lot. I'm sure if they have speedy service calls and everything like that, that's that's yeah. an added benefit to the actual resident. But if they could see value in the social fitness aspect and yeah. the social event aspect and people really enjoy where they live and they talk about it for however they are. Uh, one of our properties uh, to wrap this point up is, you know, out in San Diego in our market, this last 90 days, I've seen a complete transition of residents. I'm, we're getting a lot of new faces in our in our group X classes now, a ton of new faces. And a lot of the other people are gone. They've moved out, moved away, bought a home, or at least was up and decided to go elsewhere. So we're getting a lot of new people. So that's huge. We've had no drop off actually in the numbers, actually yeah. increased. Yeah. But it's a whole different crop of residents now yeah. that are coming and doing the experiences. So. So, are you? Is there anything in multifamily that you're curious about? Is there anything in real estate that you're curious about? Yeah, I, I want to. That's a great question. I I, I want to learn. I think you know, in fitness, man, I knew every, I know everyone. <laughs> I mean, I've been doing it so long. Yeah, I mean, I've been in it thirty years, and so when you're at the trade show, I think the last trade show you and I went to the Ursa trade show, I mean, I was, you know, every 20 minutes, I was bumping into someone that I had a history with or knew or done some business with or what have you. Yeah. Uh, we were at the Idea Fitness show not too long ago, um, working with one of our vendors, and it was kind of the same thing. But I don't have those same connections uh, in real estate, and I, and I want to learn how to get those. Mm-hmm. Um, so to your point, the conversation we had about when people wanted something specifically for a camp or a track and field event or something like that, usually I would get an email or I would get a call. Yeah. Uh, hey, call Chaz. Hey, right? Call Fitworks. Do that. And this, is, this yeah. is like we are, 
we are ahead of the game. Sure. We we are we are doing something that no one else is doing. Let me rephrase. We are doing something that that um, only a few people are doing. We're, we're like the first. So I speak to managers every week that are like, "You guys do what? <laughs> I didn't even know that exists." Right? Right. Yeah. And they may yeah. not be in the yeah. LA market. Um, folks in the LA market are up to par with the latest and greatest. Um, but you'd think property management professionals would would know like this is a thing by now. I wonder. I don't think it's so. And much. I, I yeah. feel like it's just coming. Like, like I don't know if it's a year, two, three years down the road. But every major market and every A plus plus property is going to be doing this, and then. Then it's going to be like the phone's going off, you know. So what I want, your so, phone's right, going off the hook, so right? what I want to figure out is how, where do we go to, to you know, where do we go to get on the T box with these with those folks in that, you know? That, yeah, right. Reverse, I, wanna, I mean, we're going to make the, the reverse yeah, trade show. It's coming up. I mean, all of the the business stuff, um, and, and right now it's like just going and and like. Elevator pitch, hustling. Right. Because that's what I feel like. That's what I feel like. I think that like that's it right now. Yeah, like that's like a, it's, yeah, it's, it's not at the point where oh we need we need a lifestyle service provider. Mm-hmm. Um, call here's a list of fifty of them. Right. right? <laughs> right. Oh, and Cooper's at the top. They've been doing this longer right. than most people. Right. 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 Um, it's like the hotel concierge when uh, a guest comes up and says, you know, what's a great restaurant. Or a guest comes up and says, I want to go, I want to play around the golf, where do I go? Yeah. And, you know, that concierge opens up the book. Yes. And you know exactly where they're going to send you. Yeah. Especially here in Orange County. You know what? You should try Pelican Hill. Yeah. Yeah. Now, there's 10 other courses right. that are way less expensive than Pelican Hill, but Pelican Hill is where? You can see the ocean. Yep. And, but before Pelican Hill was built, and I lived here in Orange County before it was built, people were going to the private clubs only. They weren't going to a Pelican Hill, which is open to the public, which is a, you know, the hotel is built there. But I remember when that was going on and people were saying, who's going to pay that much money yeah. <laughs> to play around the golf when they've been playing other places? And I think in our case, who wants to invest yeah. in our service when, one, they still need to learn what our service is. Yes. And two, how it benefits them. Yes. You know the, the ownership and the management, how it benefits them, not necessarily the residents, right? Right, but the ownership and management, and then from there, obviously, it's going to benefit the residents because ownership saying, "Hey, we're we're gifting this service to you." But in the short term, when we're in these meetings, like, okay, so we understand what your capital expenditure budget looks like. Here's what we feel we can be a value add for you, and yeah. they have to get on board with that. Yeah, or if it's a new development, like let us design and build out this beautiful fitness center and social fitness space. We'll activate it, and you can charge top of the market rents because of this. It's going to leash you up faster because no one in your comp around is doing it. Um, Slap on an amenity fee as well. Like you can charge a little bit more than everyone else. You're offering way more than everyone else. And your and your NOI and ROI is going to be huge. I guess the question for a lot of these people we meet with is, you know, we need more data. Yes. To get them. We need data. That's the cure. That's a good, that's a really good point. I think we do. And ac- yeah. actual analytics. Yeah. And that's, because that's kind of where we are. I think that's, I think if we run across some of these bigger firms, it's their number thing. They, 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 you know. We've got, I mean, we've got 
data to crunch, we just need to crunch it. And our last um, deal down in Southern California mm -hmm. that we're no longer doing business with, um, that was, we were sitting in the meeting um, yeah. and, and that was, I, I asked the owner, I said, you know, let's, yeah. you know, after a year's time, I want to, I really want to partner with you on this so we right. can like crunch the numbers and look exactly how right. we've enhanced your brand and how we've influenced rents right. And, right. and your ROI, right? right. Um, but I mean, we got a small, life, we got a six month, we, well, we got about a six month sample size. Yeah. Because before that, before they did. But we need to, they yeah. need to open their books up and they need to send that to us, right? right. And such is life, like you said, like you win some and you lose some. You're hired and you're fired. We'll right. do, we'll, what we can do from that, I think from what we've done there from our side is what we do have. We can, you know, extrapolate and, and, and put that together and, and give other potential clients a snapshot of what we feel like we were able to do. Because remember, before that space was built and they built out, people were going to the different individual gyms in the buildings, and it was never that busy, yeah. except for one of their gyms. I mean, maybe it was like five to ten people when yeah. I was doing the, the social fitness sessions for them in their one building. Yeah. We were probably getting you know eight to nine, maybe eleven residents that was hit or miss yeah. in the in the shared focused space for fitness, we were getting anywhere from 15 to 20 on yeah. occasion. Some, some classes over 20. Some classes over 20. So there's something there that I know they saw. Yeah. And it's something we can share with other potential clients of ours. This can work. You can get residents excited about coming to social fitness. And on top of that, it does work. It does work for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Last question: What's a what's a common myth about your profession or field that you want to debunk? Good question. Two things. Man, you got you got the answers. <laughs> Don't have all the answers. But I have some. Uh, two things. First thing is is that you know I think that there are people out there that believe that fitness is not for them, um, whether it's in you know, a multifamily space, whether it's in a fitness facility, whether it's, you know, walking in the park, there are people out there that feel that they can't do fitness. But the truth of the matter is, they say this to my clients all the time, you can't suck at this. No. You have to figure out what works for you. Whatever that is, find your fitness where you are, start there. I think if I wanted to debunk anything, it's that when people say there is no way I can get to whatever it is I think I can get to, they're wrong because you have to start somewhere. Uh, over my 30 year experience in this, in this business as a fitness trainer, I'm speaking on the fitness side of things. I've worked with people that were, you know, severely disabled, had messed their backs up and were told they couldn't do anything or they had to stop doing what they wanted to do or what they loved. Different reasons, you know, come at, different situations come at people differently. So I think if I wanted to debunk anything is find your fitness, yeah. where you are, and start there. Yeah. The key is to start it, and then from there as you progress, yes, right, you get better. Also, they gotta be patient. Yes. I use the professional athlete analogy all the time. When we were working with our professional athletes that I've trained over the years, their training cycle prior to the season was 18 weeks to get ready 
to compete in their sport. This was pre-spring training. This was pre, you know, uh, OTAs, all of that. That's what it takes. So people have to be patient with themselves and then build from there. That's, that is a huge piece of advice. And and like everything in life. Yeah. But especially when it comes to, to movement or performance, because if you're going to perform for something, you got to realize the progression it takes. You know, if you're right now, I'm watching, you know, I've been watching off on the Little League World Series. What I love about the Little League World Series in its purest form. Yeah. It is just about playing baseball. Yeah. And it's just about playing baseball. What are those kids learning? Uh, the fundamentals. Uh, they learn how to catch, uh, they learn how to throw, they learn how to hit, and they learn about teamwork. Uh, the fundamentals. And the kids that succeed, it's not that these other kids are not good players, mm-hmm. but the kids that succeed in the right moment at the right time, they're the ones that eventually become the champions, is because they did all four phases mm-hmm. just a little more consistently mm-hmm. than their opponent. That's it. Yeah. So when it comes to fitness, and I think it's much like our, you know, this, this social fitness events that we do on property, the social events that we do on properties, the lifestyle experiences, the lifestyle experiences that we that we offer, it's kind of the same thing. We keep we're gonna have we keep doing the fundamentals. Um I think that keep grinding, right, stay yeah. patient, keep getting better, right. and growing and growing and growing. Because someone came to us in that someone came to me in a meeting one day and they were like, so what exactly do you guys do? Yeah. I said we kind of do a little bit of everything. Yeah. But what we do specifically yeah. is partner Right. With the ownership, partner with management, engage your residents at a level that you guys may not have been able to engage them at, yeah. and give them something that gets them excited about where they live and what they're doing. Yeah. We're you know we're not you know we're not a maid service, we don't do that kind of stuff. Right. But we're we're the it's we're like the feel good service yeah. in the community space. Yeah. We're the feel good service. We give them experiences, man. This yeah. is what it's about. That's why it's called life. Mm-hmm. You know. Every day that someone's doing something in their life, what are those experiences like? Yeah. Were they positive or were they negative? Yeah. We try to make sure, we don't try to, we do. We give positive yeah. life experiences on site, right? That allows them to go, man, I love this place. This is great. so great that management or ownership decided yeah. to do this for us. I like living here. Yeah. Right? So much so that they'll call their relative or neighbor Absolutely. or neighbor or friend and have them try to, try to live there. Absolutely. Cool. Well, thank you, brother. Thank you. That was good. You got it. It was good. Yeah. All the answers. Make all the answers? Yeah. Little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, episode one, thanks for tuning in. And, um, thanks, guys. Check out episode two when it comes out. Thank you.